entrepreneurship is a journey. Mm. Like it's it never it never ends. It's not like something like you know oh I'm going to be an entrepreneur today and well tomorrow is it's 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 off. No, it's if you start entrepreneurship today, man, you're in it all your life. <laughs> it will never ever ever stop. Mm. You have and when I'm saying entrepreneurship is a journey, I'm also saying be patient. Mm. Like, you know, don't believe all the things that you see on social media. <laughs> and it's that most of the entrepreneurs are not that successful. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's uh, grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And if you ever need help with your patents or trademarks, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Laurent, or Laurent Noten, if I say it correctly. Um, and Laurent uh, is uh, Laurent. I always want to say Laurent, and then I'm going to have like, that's not right. But Laurent um, is currently a business coach that's focused on entrepreneurs. So um, taking a bit, a bit of a step back from that, um, about 20 years ago, he left France, and I think he went to Luis, or, or I, I can't remember how to pronounce it, um, but went, uh, went there with a business partner. And then uh, when he went there, worked on some small business. Businesses. Um, a year after they they hired him, the, the owners left. It's or went to something else, and he kind of took over running a lot of the business. So fell into entrepreneurship a bit um, when they decided to turn the business over to him, and then moved. I think from there to Cambodia, where or Cambodia, where he uh, worked on a startup, did a little bit of the same thing, where um, he kind of ended up uh, transitioning, taking over the business, and then left from there to or left to work at a marketing or marketing and advertising company. Got a bit of shares there. And then three years ago, kind of decided to do his own thing. I think moved back to Finland, not or more recently, to follow his girlfriend, and then continued his uh, coaching uh, coaching business from there. So, with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you can take a breath now. <laughs> That's right. It was a, it was a it was a quick or mouthful. So. So I went through just kind of a, a quick, you know, overview of your journey, you know, the 30 second, uh, 30 second overview, but let's go back a little bit in time yep. and uh, tell us a little bit about being in France and then leaving to work with business partner and pick up your journey from there. Yeah. So, uh, so I left to, uh, to Laos. That's, that's, that's. Hmm. Laos. Thing I was thinking the least. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, I was, I was like 23 and I just finished my uh, studies Mm. And I was looking, I was looking for a job, and the only jobs I could find was like being a like a, a commercial representative, a sales a salesman, and I clearly didn't want to do that. And I was going to job interviews, and I sucked so much at job interviews. It was it was horrible. Mm. And then my uh, my partner at that at that time, mm-hmm. she she was like. Uh, learning uh she was a teacher but she was she was teaching french to foreigners and Mm. she was she had to uh finish her studies she had to do like uh, some sort of an internship Mm. and so she found through the the ministry of foreign affairs uh, she found that they published a list uh to to offer like 80 paid internship positions overseas Mm. she looked at the list and she saw laos 
And she thought that nobody will know about Laos. So she put Laos as a third choice and bam, she got it. <laughs> when you're the only one that wants to go to Laos, it's an easy one to get. <laughs> yeah, and that's how we ended up in Laos initially for nine months. Mm. And and uh, well, we fell in love, we fell in love in, with Asia and you know I, I stayed there for, for in Asia for 20 years. So now you went to Laos. Now, yeah. so you kind of follow the, the then a girlfriend, I assume, um, uh, or you said partner. Um, but then you know, so you did that, but you moved to Laos, and I assume, and maybe I'm wrong, that you didn't have a ton of connections or a ton of people you no. knew there. So how did you kind of get into your finding employment, getting a job, kind of working? What what did that look like when you're in a new country and uh, don't have any people that you know? Yeah. So what I did is before leaving, I uh, contacted the French embassy and I asked them for the, all the French uh, companies there mm. in uh, Vincian, the capital. So they sent me a list and then I sent my CV to, uh, to all the companies. There, mm. were, there, were, there weren't a lot, I can tell you. <laughs> so it was easy to send the CVs to all of them, you know, mm. and, and just telling them, look, you know, i I'm, I'm going to move in a very short time uh, to your country. I'm looking for a job. You know, mm. I'll contact you when I, once I reach there. And so we arrived in, uh, in Laos. I remember it was the 3rd of October, 1999. I still remember that day. Mm. And, you know, just spent one week just, you know, getting used to this new environment. You know, the first time in Asia, in a country that was an emerging country, there was no roads, for example, when we arrived in Venezia, it was, it was a bit of a shock, you know, the heat, well, mm. the mosquitoes, everything. And after a week, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take my list and, you know, I'm going to contact them, those companies that I sent my CV to. And I, the first company uh, was this small uh, research agency called Inside Asia. Mm. And I called them and they said, yeah, come and have a talk with us. And so we talk, and at the end of the conversation, they're like, look, we, you can work with us if you want, but we're not going to pay you a lot. We're going to pay you like $250 a month. <laughs> and I was like, you know, my, my business, uh, my, my partner, she has, she, has a good, she has a good money. Mm. I don't need really the money, but I do need the experience. I do need to start with, with the job. And mm. I started. I said, yes, let's, let's do it. And this was, it was this, uh, this small research agency, 10 staff. They had all, all low, low, low people. So it's, well, but they were, most of them were talking English. Mm. And I was, they hired me as like some sort of a project manager. First. Mm. That's, so that's, that's how it happened. So, so now you worked, so you stayed in, uh, in Laos for uh, a, a quite a while. You mentioned, I think like it was six and a half years six and a half years. Um, and then, you know, so as you were, and then you found, you know, I, I love the story of how you found the job and that's, that's great. You just kind of have, Hey, here's the list. I'll go through it. And that's where I'll start because I don't have anywhere else to start. So why not? <laughs> so, and, and, and I think you mentioned with that business, you kind of had the owners that were wanting to move on, do something else or otherwise. So they kind of had yeah. to do the key, so to speak of the business or had you take over. So how was that making that transition? And was it, fun and enjoyable and exciting or was it overwhelming and you know didn't know how to do it or kind of how was that as a transition in your job it was like my first reaction was like really <laughs> me <laughs> but i was 20 i was 24 mm. uh, i had absolutely no confidence in myself uh but i liked i liked market research i i, I, I kind of an analytical person so 
and I, you know, market research I thought was uh, matching my my skills. And yeah, they and they just said like this. They said, "Look, we're going to move to Cambodia. We need someone to run the business. There's nobody else but you." So mm. basically, they gave me the keys of the company because they did not really have the choice. Mm. I was there. I was the only one there available. They did not trust me. <laughs> so to be clear, mm. I didn't trust myself. But I said, "All right, let's do it." But they gave me a little bit of a, of, of a raise, I think. <laughs> and I just started. And then it was like, whoa, I like it. Like it was, it was like really a breakthrough. Like I was put into this management role suddenly, running a running company. They asked me to uh, to send them a report every week, like like a very detailed report, like it was a bit of a micromanagement. Mm. And I just I just enjoyed it. So it was, I don't remember struggling. I just remember like really enjoying it and and having to learn, but it was it was fascinating. Hmm. So so now you you so you you know first of all you get thrown into it and apparently they had more confidence or they did, as you said didn't have any other alternatives. So they said <laughs> you're our, you're our best choice so to speak. But you kind of dive into that, get going on it, and, you know, and try it out, and you do that for a period of time. And yeah. then I think that you know what then you know and I think you mentioned that you kind of had to or turn around the the business you got it you made it profitable and you actually you know got it up and or continued to make it uh to work and then you moved over to Cambodia so kind of what prompted the move to Cambodia and and, and how did you make that transition yeah so uh, Cam- Cambodia uh that was like six and of uh, six and a half years ago six and a half years after Laos mm. and basically I was reaching a point where I was turning into circles uh, and it was getting a bit, I was getting a bit bored. Laos is a very small country and I was working for a small company. And so I, I needed to change. But mm. my uh, partner, she had a great, she had a great job. She really enjoyed, she really enjoyed her job. So she didn't want to move. Mm. And when I was working for, for this small market research agency in Laos, there was one of our clients was another research agency that was in Cambodia hmm. and we were doing a lot we were doing what we call the feed work for them so they will send you know they, they will find the clients but they didn't have any uh, any uh, people's any resources in Laos so they would use our resources to do the field work and ask the questions to uh, to the consumers hmm. and one day so I, I got to know the one of the owners of the company and one day I remember it was around Christmas so Merry Christmas to me, basically. I received an email out of the blue from, from the owner of the company. He said, hey, I just lost my research director. Do you want the job? And he sent me the contract with all the details and everything. <laughs> so I was like, oh, <laughs> that seems very interesting. And I said, yes. Hmm. And I saw, and I, saw I left uh, to Cambodia. Hmm. It's very interesting because I never had to look for a job except the first time, like 20 years, 20 years ago. Hmm. So, so now you move to Cambodia, you, you take that over. And I think that as we chatted a bit before the podcast, kind of a, a similar to the other, you know, job in, in uh, Luis, uh, you know, you kind of ended up taking over the business or, you know, um, doing a little bit of the same thing of, you know, they were, they were transitioning out and you kind of took it over. So how was that the second time as a first, as opposed to the first time? Uh, so the, the, 
the business in Cambodia was was bigger, uh, and by by then they also opened they opened they also opened an office in Laos. So they had an office in Vietnam, Cambodia, and and Laos. So I joined a business with uh, at that time maybe like 30, 30, 40 staff, something like that. And so I ended up I, I joined as a research director. So the guy was basically in charge of all the all the projects and the client the client service. Mm. But in reality. I was also the, the director, the managing director, because my boss, uh, who was one of the owner of the, of the company too, was mm. super busy doing his own stuff. Mm. And so gradually, he was just give me, me, giving me more uh, responsibilities without really acknowledging <laughs> that, you know, mm. but I was taking them. And gradually, I was telling him, look, maybe we should do this, this kind of things like that. You know, maybe, maybe we, should, uh, we should do this like this. Or maybe you should get out and don't take, take care of that, of that project, you know. And so it, it, it happens gradually until he made it, he made it like official, until he said, All right, okay, uh, you're going to take my role. Uh, you're going to become the managing director of, of the Cambodian, Cambodian office. So mm. that's what happened. And from there, it was... I spent eight years working for this company. I loved every moment of it. Mm. I learned, I learned so much. It was fantastic. And so, no, it's always fun. You know, I think that, you know, be able to run or manage otherwise, you know, do a business is always a fun and exciting. It's a different experience every time. I mean, even as you said, you, you kind of did this twice, but every experience is different. It, yes. a, it's a different business, different setup, different arrangement, different culture, different everything. And so I think that's always kind of the fun and exciting part. And then you figure out how to build it, how to grow it, how to make it successful and, you know, have or ride those ups and downs. So now you worked with Cambodia for a while. And then I think after that, you trans or you switched over and started doing marketing and advertising company and, and did that for a period of time yeah so uh, so i went to vietnam so i was in Cambodia. i went to vietnam and then and then came back and then when i came back uh, from from vietnam i started working for this other company hmm. uh so basically another another entrepreneur i always work for entrepreneurs and <laughs> and same didn't have to look for the job i was like he was telling me look i have all these businesses and one of them is the research uh, this marketing agency i can't manage all the businesses i need someone uh, i can't pay you what you want but i can give you shares mm. and so i needed a change so i said yes let's let's do that it was a uh, okay, starting from uh, going back to a smaller a smaller business into a more of uh, an industry that i i knew a little bit about but not but not too much so mm. I, I accepted the challenge because it's it's always about the challenge you know and so that's really my first taste about being uh, some sort of uh, an entrepreneur. <laughs> no, that, that, that's fun and exciting. So, and, and you did that for now a period of time. Now, remind yeah. me, so you were doing that for a while and then you kind of got into more of the, the coaching aspect. So how yes. did you kind of transition from doing kind of the marketing and sales and getting some shares in the company and working for the startup to say, okay, I've done this enough. I'm finally going to start my own thing. Kind of what prompted that or how did you transition over there? Yeah, so... So I worked for this agency for four and a half years, more or less. Mm. And inside me, I had this feeling growing and growing that, you know, I need to do something for me. It's, it's, it's time. I think it's, I think it's, 
it's the, but I've always been in contact with entrepreneurs. I've always worked with entrepreneurs. I have a, I have a friend in Laos, a very good friend who's also an entrepreneur. He's always been pushing me. He was like, what are you waiting for? Just, just do something for yourself. Mm. And I was reaching the age of 40. And I'm like, man, if I don't do this, if I don't do anything now, I will never do it. Mm. So that was a long maturing process. But once I got there, it took me another, maybe another year to decide what is it that I want to do because I, you know, being an entrepreneur, fine, but I was, I had to find out what is that I'm really, what I'm, what I'm really good at. Mm. And so I did a lot of introspection. I, did, I, I, I look really, I look at my career, at what I was enjoying the most. And I realized that what was, you know, when I was at my best was when I was training mentoring coaching my staff like i loved all these moments and i can i do remember a, a lot of a lot of them you know the, all these moments they give me the goosebumps mm. and i also realized that i was born to to help other people like i always care more about other people than myself mm. and so i'm like there must be something around it, you know? And then I go on vacation and I was in, uh, in August, uh, 2017. I, I am at my parents and one morning, and it, it's true. It happened like that. One morning I woke up and I'm like, I found it. I know I'm going to be a business coach. <laughs> and so I just wake up. I've decided what I'm going to yeah, do. And now I got to figure out how to do it. Right. Yeah. And th that morning, I wrote, I wrote an email to uh, my, my, my boss and, uh, and uh, part, business partner. And mm. I told him, look, I'm going to leave. I'm going to start my own thing. I'm going to leave in October. And he said, yeah, I'm not surprised. You've been talking about it for a while. <laughs> mm. So saw the, he's, he, he, was, he was supportive or saw the writing on the wall. But that's, that's a great yes. thing and uh, having a partner that's saying, hey, appreciate all the work you've done. I see that you're, you're wanting to do something else. I support you all the way. Good luck and kind of, you know, much better than being frustrated or mad. So that's awesome that your partner took that well and was supportive. Yeah, and it was even a, they became a, my first, one of my first clients too. Oh, cool. So that was another way of supporting, supporting me. So, so now you, so you finally have kind of this epiphany. Okay. I'm going to go into doing coaching and training and you know, that's what I love and enjoy. And so you do that and you said, okay, going to let my business partner know I'm going to go explore that. Now, how did you take that from an idea or take that from a business? How did you get it going or started or kind of build that? Yeah. So the first thing I did uh, was to think about, okay, there is business coaching and business coaching. So, what sort of business coach I want? I want. I want to be. I knew I had to. Uh, I, I knew I had to specialize. So again, I look at what I'm good at, what I have been, what I've been doing, and and the skills I've developed throughout throughout my career. Mm. And you know, there were elements like business strategy that I really that I enjoy. Uh, leadership, of course, of building a team and having people follow you. Mm. Uh, sales. Um, I got a strong background in uh, in B two B B two B sales, mm. and then also I was thinking, okay, who do I want to coach? You know, who would be my ideal client? And it made sense that they would be entrepreneurs because I always worked for entrepreneurs because be before becoming one, you know, when they gave me the keys. 
they gave me the keys and that's it. They didn't give me the money, money to support the business, you know. So I had to learn everything by myself. I had, I had, they were kind of mentoring me. Yes, I was, I was not, I was not alone, but it was kind of, it was my company. And mm. it has always been like that. It's, I always had the feeling that it was my company to the point that people were like my clients uh, or people I knew, they were always asking me, but is it your company? Because I was speaking like it was my company. Mm. And so I thought, you know, I speak the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur language. I sat in their seats. I, I, I've gone through the same pain. Mm. Uh, I've gone through the same, the same successes. So I think I can help them. So that's, that's, that's how I decided that I'm going to be a business coach. I'm going to help entrepreneurs make sense of all that thing mm. that is entrepreneurship. <laughs> so, so now you kind of find your niche. You say, okay, this is where yeah. I'm going to focus. This is where I'm going to coach. So now how did you build a, how do you build a coaching business or how did you build that around that meaning? Did you start to reach out to your network and say, this is what I'm doing? You know, do you have any need for this? And, or do you have any leads or do you cold call people or email them or website and SEO or kind of, how did you kind of take that idea in that niche now and build it into a business yeah so i was in cambodia uh, when i when i launched i was uh, we are in october 2017 and you know i lived there for 14 years so i knew a lot of people mm. and so that's what i did i reached out to my network uh i knew who i wanted to target and so you know entrepreneurs so i look at my my network and i just started reaching out to all my network of entrepreneurs telling them, hey guys, you know, can we just have a, can we just chat around a coffee or have a lunch? I'm starting this new venture. Would you like, would you like to, uh, uh, to know about it? Mm. And some said no, and some said yes. And basically this is, this is, this is how I started. Mm. And, and because they knew me, they already had the, you know, the, the trust was already, was already established. So it was it was a little bit it was a little bit easier, and this is how I get my I got my uh, my first clients. So, and I think that's cool. You know, one of the interesting your best, or I think that you know, starting with the network you have or the people you know, you know, it's always it's it's, bit, it's a double edged sword. On the one hand, you know, it's people that you know you can get feedback, and it's you know a natural network that you can get things launched. And yet, on the other hand, so often people are kind of almost a bit scared in the sense, hey, I don't want to ruin friendships or relationships or anything else, you know, and it's always a bit backward in the sense that most people, they're going to, they're your friends, they're your, you know, they're, um, they want you to succeed, they want you to be successful. And if they can help you along the way, it's always a great resource and a great way to, to get things going. So I think that while it can be sometimes a bit scary to reach out to them, to your point, it's a great way to get things started. And it sounds like it worked well for you. So now as we kind of, that kind of brings us up to where you're at today. And if you're to look now kind of the next six to 12 months, kind of what does that look like? Where are things heading? Okay. Um, well, I think first I have to tell you that I was in Cambodia and I left to Finland. Mm. And then by the same time, I'm pretty much at the same time, like six months after COVID hit. So basically I, had, I took a big, big slap in the face. So it was a new country where I had no network. And COVID really affected me. So I really had to rethink about uh, the business and how I approach, how I approach people. Mm. Uh, and what for me this year is really about is I want to be more visible because my goal, I have this goal in my mind. My dream is that I become 
you know, I become the Simon Sinek of entrepreneurship. I always compare to Simon Sinek because I love Simon Sinek. I'm right there I, with uh, it. He has some uh, great, great, great material and great information. Yeah, I'm reading his last his last book right now, The Infinite Infinite Game. It's it's crazy, and so I have this big dream of becoming, you know, a thoughtful leader for everything that is uh that touch entrepreneurship entrepreneurship mm. you know uh, my tagline is cracking the entrepreneurship code and that's that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to crack the entrepreneurship code and i want most a lot of people to know about that <laughs> i want to help entrepreneurs because i believe there are ways to do entrepreneurship right yes i know Every entrepreneur is different because of the personality. So every company will be will be different, sure, guaranteed. But they are the, you you find some commonalities, and that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to crack. I want I'm trying to find what mm. makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. What makes a successful entrepreneur a successful entrepreneur? And I want to share that with the maximum number of entrepreneurs out there. Mm. No, and I think I think that's a, a great direction ahead. And I, I love Simon Sinek, by the way. I love that he has a lot of interesting information, a lot of insights. But I think to take that and say, here's my goal. I'm going to be the Simon Sinek, so to speak, of entrepreneurs and, and help mm. them along the way. You know, goals, I think that it gives you direction. It gives you a place to then say, this is ha- now I've got my goal. Now let's work backwards and figure out how to do that. So I think that that's awesome. So. Well, now, as we start to reach towards the end of the podcast, I always ask two questions towards the end of the podcast. So we'll, we'll transition and jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Oh, <laughs> oh there's so many. <laughs> I, wow. Um, I think the worst decisions always are around people. Mm. I think like decisions around not hiring the right person because, because I was too much, in, too much in a rush. Like I was rushing to hire someone and instead of taking my time to hire the right person, I had someone you know, who was there <laughs> because I needed to fill in a position. And mm. I always paid the price for that. Oh, you know, the open, yeah, go no, on. No, I, I think that that is an easy mistake to make in the sense that you're in a business, you're saying, hey, I got to get this going. I need this covered. I'm overwhelmed or I need to get everything done and I don't do it. So then you rush to find someone to fill the position because you need someone. And yet if you're taking a step back, you know, that's, too often when you're rushing to decisions or rushing to hire, they're never a good, you know, never a good or a good hire because they may not be the right fit. And it's not even the, you know, the fault of the person you hired. It's just that you didn't, you know, you didn't bet them enough or you didn't make sure that everything lines up. So I think that that's definitely one that it's an easy mistake because you're saying, Hey, I need, I need assistance. I need help. And so let's hire someone and you, you rush too quickly. So I think that yeah. definitely makes sense. And, and I wanted, I wanted to add, sorry, David, no, uh, I just want, I just wanted to add that the opposite also, uh, was uh, like, you know, when you need, there are moments where the people you're working with, they, they you know, they, we, we are not in harmony anymore, you mm. know, and you need to do something about that. And that many times I haven't done it fast, fast enough, you know, mm. no, it's not necessarily about uh, telling the person, well, I'm sorry, I have to let you go, but at least having a conversation with the person 
and saying, look, I can see something is wrong here. Are you happy? You know, are you still doing what you're supposed to be doing? Because if mm. you're not, you know, there's no reason for you to stay with us. Yep. No, and I agree. And I think that because if they're not happy, if they're not excited about the job, if they're not doing it well, you take your productivity hit. They're not happy. And it just, it, it's not a, a good situation to be in. So I love that. Let's check, you know, check in with them. If you can see that there's a, a shift or a change or anything else, if you can address it. And if you can't, you know, then it's a, 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 at least hit it head on and see how you can best help them to transition to something that they will be excited about. So. Now I'm going to jump to the second question, which is if you did now, you know, talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? That's easy. Entrepreneurship is a journey. Hmm. Like it's, it never, it never ends. It's not like something like, you know, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur today. And well, tomorrow is, it's, 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 it's off. No, it's, if you start entrepreneurship today and you're in it, all your life <laughs> it will never ever ever stop mm. you have and when i'm saying entrepreneurship is a journey i'm also saying be patient mm. like you know don't believe all the things that you see on social media <laughs> and it's uh, most of the entrepreneurs are not that successful a lot of them don't and want even, to be that successful. I'd, I'd even add that even the ones that are successful, <laughs> social media or meet or movies or televisions or books, you get the highlight reel, right? You get to hear, well, it was, I did all these things. And then I did, started this business as an overnight success. And it's never that way. And it's always an overnight success. It's really 10 years in the making. And even like your journey and everybody else has been on the podcast everybody has the things that led up to whether it's you know taking over other people's businesses going to different places building that network getting ideas you know figuring everything out and there's always that journey and i think to your point it is a journey and it's not this hey i'm gonna have this great idea i'm gonna throw it up on a website and everybody's gonna pay me millions of dollars it doesn't work <laughs> out that way and nope. even though that's what it looks like on social media and movie and television and everything else True. but it's not like that at all, <laughs> exactly. you know, I like I like to compare entrepreneurship as uh, look uh, to look at entrepreneurship like a, it is an iceberg. So everybody look, sees the the tip of the iceberg, <laughs> but we always we all forget about what is what we don't see, what is underwater. <laughs> no, That's I, what I entrepreneurship is like. I completely agree on that, or a hundred percent. So. Well, now as we wrap up, and I think that's some great, great pieces of advice and things to learn from, but as we wrap up, if people want to find out more, they want to be a client of yours and a coaching client, they want to hire you, they want to reach out to you, find out more, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you and find out more? All right. So they can go on my website, uh, laurentnotin.com. Uh, they can uh, reach out on LinkedIn same name, or by, by email, contact at laurentnotin.com. And I offer for those people who want to try business coaching, entrepreneurs who want to try business coaching, I offer one-hour discovery, discovery sessions. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage everybody. And that's just your first name, dot, your, your first name last name.com yes. or contact at first name, last name.com. So make it easy for people just in case they didn't catch it with the accent, which I love the accent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you again. Uh, it's been a, it's been a fun. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Now, all of you listeners, that uh, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd love to be or want to come on the podcast and share, it, we'd love to have you. Just go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the podcast. 
Also, um, if you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you can get notifications as all of our awesome episodes come out. And leave us a review so new people can find us and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, find out more about uh, everybody's journeys. Last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, trademarks, or anything else related to your business, feel free to reach out to us by going to strategymeeting.com, and we're always here to help. Thank you again, uh, Laurent. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure to have you on and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Well, thank you very much, David. I really enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely.